Action Park Media. Hi, welcome to Ramble On, uh, the official podcast of, of the show that really is is frozen like um, <laughs> like the dinosaur DNA in Jurassic Park. Really? I mean, honestly, nothing nothing's happened. So I, the amount of messages I'm getting from people, there's nothing happening till after Labor Day. God willing, something happens after Labor Day. But again, uh, I can't. I don't know what else to tell you. Something's happening. You know, uh, I've been getting a lot of messages on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, people are in our, I think, in our fan base are looking to just see this show and are encouraging us to go on our own, do like a crowdfunding and sort of create our own new yeah. sort of television network. Where well, that's what we wanted to do from the beginning, but you have a lot of money into it. this, and once it once it airs, you know, maybe that has uh, it destroys the value. I'm not sure. I mean, I I. I Whatever. I, I don't want to spend too much time on Ramble. I don't think it would destroy. No update, I don't think it would destroy the value. We would just. It would. It would be an all or nothing proposition. We can't just release one episode and get money back and be done. Our goal is to make the show. Well, I'll tell you this, and that's going to take a serious amount. I of money. have started um, and am in deep. You know, like I work on the story document, but what I always know about myself is I'm better at writing than I am about thinking about what I'm going to write and. Unfortunately, like when I did Entourage, it was a, uh, a torturous process for myself and for everyone around me. But I was much better at just writing than talking about you it. You mean just sitting down it. and letting whatever comes out of your fingertips? Yeah, and it doesn't mean that it comes out perfect. But then I would I would bring it to the to the the team and uh, and everybody would give me their thoughts and comments. And usually it would turn into something. Now, um, I feel I'm feeling really good about this second episode, so I'm ready to go. So I guess my point is, is well, do you want to just film a second episode? Uh, and I wanted to. I wanted to do that in the first place. I wanted to film the whole season. Um, yeah, I mean, with your money, but <laughs> that's what I wanted to do. You know, I mean, it was no secret. Two things that I always said was, do we do an hour and a half backdoor pilot because you know it's so easy to sell an independent movie with anyone in it. I mean, yeah. you could have fucking, you know, uh, what's the, some of those. Like gladiators from guys from your 1990s friend, your friend shows. we were talking about earlier. Your friend, uh, what's his name, Scott from Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I want to, you know, I've never, I've never seen Gilmore Girls. People love that. I've never show, seen it either, and I know it's good. And I didn't listen to this podcast. Is that the 90s Gilmore Girls? I don't. I hope not. But it's on now. There's like a reboot. So if it was oh. the 90s, no. But I know Laura Graham, who was in. Um, uh, bad Santa's in it, and people love the show. And I guess they like this guy Scott Patterson too. And I don't even know what the tone of his podcast was, so maybe it wasn't as ridiculous as the headlines seem to be. And yeah, I am judging, but he said apparently that you know there was a scene in Gilmore's Girls, and he's talking 15 years ago, and it still sits with him and makes him so uncomfortable because Laura Graham and the other characters on the show were talking about his ass. I guess he's got a, a good ass or something. I don't know. And they well, objectified him. Yeah. <laughs> and they objectified him. And and again, maybe he was saying it in jest. I have no idea, but all the headlines are talking about... Like it's a know, serious story. Yeah, like it's a Me Too movement story and two things I want to say about it. Okay, nobody objectify anybody, even though, by the way, everyone out there, you could try to do whatever you want for the rest of your existence to, to make it like that people aren't allowed to say someone has a good body or someone looks attractive. But the reality is that's human nature. But more importantly, this was in the show. These were characters. So it would be like someone saying if the guys were like, oh, she's so hot and it made them feel really uncomfortable. Don't act. I mean, does it make you feel uncomfortable in The Sopranos when they shoot you in the head and throw you in a fucking, you know, Lake. I mean, I don't. I, I just don't understand. It's a very bizarre. It's a thing very to bizarre me. thing. And we're and we're crossing these lines, which 
it's getting worse and worse. I mean, and I, you know, I'm a big believer in standing up for, for Jews and all of that. But now, like, Sarah Silverman is talking about, like, Jew face, that nobody should play Jews who aren't Jewish. So Bradley Cooper is playing, you know, a Jew with Leonard Bernstein in this new movie. And people are going, oh, we shouldn't play that. What the fuck is going on with this country? Like, we are literally losing the narrative where, by the way, we're a melting pot. Like, they're talking about everything is cultural appropriation. You can't eat certain foods or cook certain foods you can't wear your hair certain ways or words what what is happening i i don't know i you know on the sarah silverman thing i didn't see that but you know the only thing i could do and i would be explaining it but you know everybody seems to be on that on that tip right now everybody seems to be saying that if you're not handicapped you can't play somebody who's in a wheelchair if you're not black you can't play somebody who's who's getting the black experience if that's the case, then I understand why somebody would say, oh, a person who's not Jewish shouldn't be playing somebody who is Jewish. But I think the entire line of thinking is ridiculous. It's it's beyond ridiculous. And, you know, it's um, it's just it's crossed over to so many things. But it looks um, like things are going the wrong way. I mean, my, my dad, God bless him. He sent me an article over the weekend. Uh, Cal Berkeley apparently has an area that was. Um, I saw this. Did you see it? That yeah. was built for. It was built for people of color to have housing in in the in the Berkeley campus. Yeah, and now they're taking that to mean white people are not allowed. No, no, they're not taking it to mean anything. There are there are certain bylaws that in the general um, areas, white people are not allowed. And what they've explained is is for this is for people of color to avoid violent confrontations with white people. I'm just, first of all, again, for anyone who's listening out there, so we're going back we're to not segregate. white, but no, we're not white. Well, you and I are hated by the white people. We're hated by the people of color. The Jews are always, they fall in like Daniel Carver on Howard yeah. Stern would say, we're the lowest form of, of humanity. But I am just, I, I swear it feels like we're living in a bad dream because I really believe 10 years ago, and I, I know this is not political discussion. I really believed in 10 years, the way I saw my children growing up where they had friends who were Asian, friends who were black, friends who were uh, gay, whatever it was. I really thought you'd stop talking about that always. Like, I don't say yeah, like race is the only conversation we're allowed yeah, to have. Like someone's beings. like, who's your friend, Ted? I'm like, you know, the Jew. I don't say that, you know, no. like, oh, the black guy. Oh, the Asian guy. Like, I really thought that was going to evaporate. And now everything is is listed as this. But when you're talking about now, Making art, like, I think, I think maybe I, I don't want to be wrong, but someone apologized for Daniel Day Lewis in my left foot, where he won an Oscar for, and they're saying that a he played a paraplegic brilliantly. It's one of the yeah. greatest performances of all time. Now, if there's another paraplegic who could play that role, great, that would be ideal. But there's not a an abled actor who could have done it as, as well. well as he yeah. as he could. So the odds are pretty slim, but it's also you know, there were lines on Entourage where, where, you know, Dylan said, if you play gay or mentally handicapped, you win yes. an Oscar, which was the real deal back then when yeah, Tom like Hanks Dustin won Philadelphia and Tom Hanks and whoever else. But if you're asking, you're just asking it not to be acting anymore. You're asking really for the whole world to just turn into giant reality shows. Right. Like, let's like, like if I am, if I am somebody with a handicap, I'm I'm qualified to play a handicap. Otherwise, nobody's qualified. Yeah, and it's like you know. I think that um, of course, you know, you want authentic voices, but there are people that create stuff 
out of their imagination that have never experienced it. You know, we were right. just talking about Jurassic Park. I don't think he ever really met a fucking dinosaur. Yeah, no, but I don't think so. He was able to write <laughs> that type of stuff. I don't know. It's it's just so anyway. The, the, the By the Scott- way, on that on that objectification uh, story yeah. with Scott, I think is it just because people are talking about sexualized parts. Like if you're if you're if you mention somebody has nice eyes, are you now objectifying their eyes or their face? I mean, yeah, is it because it's their ass? Like, yeah. oh, and that could possibly be. Used I don't know. In a you have manner? to just get into their soul. But I got to be honest with you. I'm 54 years old. I'm the body. <laughs> You've been trying to find your soul. Ever like, since. no, fucking objectify my ass all day <laughs> long. Like, I would love to hear what. Oh, did you see that group of women? What were they talking about? Your ass. I'm like, in a positive manner. You know, yeah. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. How are you guys droopy with yeah. the word? Droopy. I mean, so you know, um, I'm talking about this because my um, my body is falling apart. I mean, I I just want to say I'm playing pickleball, which now I believe. Again, we've talked about it. You and I are talking about buying into a professional pickleball team, which is really development yesterday. Really interesting stuff is going on because I may never work again. That's fine. I may never uh, be relevant again to some of these humans out there. What I can tell you is, like on Entourage, I've always been ahead of trends, and I've always seen it. And pickleball has been this thing that now it's like, when I go out and play pickleball with these people, like last night I played with this guy, they're clearly like Division One tennis players that are just getting started playing pickleball. And they're not necessarily good pickleball players yet, but they have athletic ability and skill. And the racket skills. That, I'll, ne- that I'll never have. Yeah. And um, when I said that, like, how long have you been playing? And now I go, when I say seven years, it's it's embarrassing. Now it's like, oh. Yeah, like, I should yeah. be. By the way, if you've been playing seven years. That's yeah, dominating. Yeah, me. you should be the best <laughs> player on earth. You should be like the Roger Federer. You of, certainly have your 10,000 hours in. <laughs> By the way, I do. Yeah. But, I mean, but I'm playing with these guys. And, uh, you know, when I get home, I'm hurting now i know you dummies out there think this is not a sport you're stupid as hell and you're gonna find out and now lebron james is trying to buy a team i believe um we're talking about i guess being involved with tom ricketts team who's the owner of the chicago cubs yeah Um, well and his family founded td that little company td ameritrade (laughs) (laughs) and you're talking about gwyneth paltrow or something i I had heard that gwyneth paltrow was making a a bid or was part of somebody else's bid there's a lot of bids for these very limited number so so basically i get this thing in like from several different people last night and you know put it was probably about three three o'clock in the afternoon yeah and they gave me like 20 minutes to commit and i don't even know what i'm committing to so you know kevin Connolly and i actually we were very let's be very clear we were very small part of a good friend of mine who's much wealthier and much more successful than me we were going to own the new york islanders we were going to have a piece of it and the deal was literally like right there but i was putting in like you know, $50,000. I wasn't, you know, but there were things I was going to get. I was going to get a hat, hat a shirt, a, a, and a like, signed puck. Yeah. Probably like an invite to like meet and greets, you know, yeah, hang with the players or something. <laughs> what I agreed to put $10,000 in, I believe. Is that what you, you told me to do? No, no. I just, I, I asked them for an allocation and he, cause he told me he would like, uh, to help find some star power to bring to this bid. Was, is, was I the star power? I think you were like, you know that twinkle, twinkle little star. <laughs> I was like, you were the, the little star. All right, but did I agree to some money? Correct. 
Yes, I, I put us down for some money. You and I, we, we were going to split it. And then he said, well, we, we, we could really use some star power. And because Doug is, is, <laughs> because Doug is a big pickleball guy, they, they think he will have some good influence to bring, you know, yeah. to bear in, the, in this process. And I said, so you're looking for some star power? And he said, yeah. And I said, okay, well, let me make a couple of, of calls. So I sent out a few texts while we were literally just sitting there on the call. And, you know, I got, I got some people back in. Are you going to tell us who or no? Uh, Heidi Klum agreed okay. to be a part of it. Okay. Uh, David Justice. David Justice. Yeah. Uh, Rip Hamilton. Not to diminish Heidi because she's a huge star, but I love David Justice. Well, you're a bigger you're a bigger fan of baseball than you are than of hot of, women of, 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 of America's Got <laughs> oh, Talent. Sorry, of sorry. Ameri- of America's Wait. Got no, Talent. I'm sorry, host. I said Heidi Klum was a, a hot woman. I am sorry. But, for and by the way, her. she would she would love to hear that you I, think you she's know a hot what? Woman. I apologize to her family. <laughs> I apologize to everyone because her children. Listen, what I'm seeing now, and again. Look, I'm very, uh, I've always been a very confident guy, but I'm also self-aware. Like, I don't have the greatest body that's ever, uh, and that's fine. But when I look I have at, two of the greatest but, bodies. But when I, <laughs> when I look at a magazine, though, now, and now it's become the new trend to normalize normal people, which I, okay, uh, maybe I'm going to get in trouble for shit like this, but I don't understand this. Like, Sports Illustrated, it's plus-size women and this and that. Sports Illustrated swimsuit model was to to aspire to something. It was wish fulfillment. It was a chance to motivate yourself. And again, I'm not diminishing. I have a teenage daughter and I have another daughter on the way. But the 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 world should not control how people view themselves. Your your family should raise you hopefully and your inner confidence should come from that and you should know i knew uh, a long time ago i was who i saw brad pitt the other day i knew i was not going to look where, like brad pitt where did you see him i will tell you that in a second but courage bagels and, and by the way i'm telling you right now sarah sanderson okay who is you know i would i would bet my life that sarah sanderson would never cheat on me. I would have bet my life until Brad Pitt walked in the other day. And she was like, <laughs> like she, hand- she turned into jello. And by the way, he's 60, handshaking. And I'm like, are, are, are you, you all right? right? What the hell is on prescription medication? And by the way, are you objectifying this guy right now? <laughs> you know, like Sports Illustrated, it's now like plus size models. And like uh, they just got in trouble. Abercrombie and Fitch just put like obese women on. Yeah. So I'm wondering though, where does this trend go? Is it now I want to play professional basketball? Put me in. Make it at. Why should? Well, yeah. Why, why, you, why not short white people? <laughs> yeah, or just unathletic with, with slow just marginal people, talent, or old people. Like, why does it have to be? You know, LeBron, six eight, no body fat. You know, incredible leaping ability. Like, yeah. let me play in the NBA. Make it fair to everybody. Because I was a child, and honestly, I used to be depressed that I couldn't play in the NBA. So, um, I don't know. I, is that does that make sense to you? What no, I'm I think saying? it does. I mean, you know, uh, we both are fans of Bill Maher. Like, yeah. Bill Maher talks about this all. All the time because his big hot button is diet and obesity in this country. And he's I just like, want to say Bill Maher, who I love, he's been behind me on all of these things. <laughs> I just don't have the platform because no, I do. I, and Chris Case, who does, uh, who he was on this podcast yeah, he was. and he produces Bill Maher's podcast, podcast, which is great. But I tell Chris things before, like Bill says them, and unfortunately, and no one's listening to on. me. They make no, I'm not. I, I'm not suggesting that Chris Case, you fucking thief. <laughs> no, but I, I'm, I'm just saying it's like it, it's. You got to get that platform to have it, and you, you do, do. got to be careful. And Bill, he does walk the line, and he, you know. But I, I don't know. I'm very, um, I, I'm, I'm riled up about a couple of these things. Well, but it's like, what did you do pre- to prepare for that moment? Like, I sat on the couch, ate twenty bags of Doritos <laughs> and a two liter of Pepsi. Like, there's anybody could do that. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing challenging about about being out of shape. 
I'm out of shape. <laughs> so I'm not shaming anybody. I am out of shape. I own it. Uh, I'm trying to get back into it, but I'm not aspiring to get fatter and more out of shape. I'm aspiring. <laughs> so you could be an I'm, I'm aspiring. Model. Like I watch my son play tennis. My son's a big tennis player, and I'm five ten. What do you think he's big? Fat? Yeah, he's fat. Uh, okay. Slovenly. No, he uh, he's like six two. He's literally chiseled. He looks like he's made out of rock. Yeah. And I look at him and I go. Those are that's my genetics in there. Like, yeah. Where is yeah. that? Where, like, yeah. <laughs> he's got that spot like uh, where you can see the hip, you know, indent. Where the, you know, I where noticed the when I was starts. watching him on the tennis Holy court. Holy cow! You and him have similar ankles. Okay, <laughs> that's what I saw. That's the similar. It really is. And Laura Foxman for a, for an incredible Adonis like person, he's got cankles. Laura Foxman is pretty uh, slight, but she's very muscular. You know, like she's yeah. very in, and and I, I think that's my wife. Again, I'm not I'm not saying. By the way, did you see those? Uh, did you see that video of her pull ups yesterday? No. Oh, no. I sent it to you yesterday. She her her trainer is a big guy here in town, and uh, and lots of people go to him. And he posts like his favorite workouts of the day. Yeah. And his workout of the day yesterday was my wife doing pull ups. Now pull ups. As a fifty three year old woman. The front way or or that way. And how many did she do? It may have been. It may. Is this a chin up if you go the other way? I don't and know it's what the difference the is. Way? I know it's harder like this. Either way, it's hard. I don't know. I don't remember which way her hands were facing. But I'm, I'm I'm impressed either way. But she. I, I actually didn't realize Laura works out that much. But she, you. She's. Uh, she, if she could, she would work out seven days a week. She's genetically, though, No, no, muscular. she's very predisposed yeah. to, like, so, good good tone. And, 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 and that's what I'm saying. Am I supposed to, like... I'm never going to get that, I'm not way. supposed to uh, uh, aspire to have more muscle because I wasn't born, like, genetically. Like, like I had those posters on my wall as a kid. It's embarrassing to say. El McPherson, Paulina Porzakova, oh, um, Kathy Ireland. Yeah. And now... Samantha Fox. Do you have Samantha Fox? Samantha Fox was the singer, right? Like, she, well, she yeah, she sang, but she was super. Uh, uh, you're a little very attractive. Than me. Yeah, I think I was past the point of putting those people on my 19, walls. Nineteen eighty yeah. in nineteen eighty six. Isn't it a difference like our six year age difference? Whatever. Like the are we that far apart? Six years? I'm fifty four. What are you? Oh yeah, well, seven, <laughs> seven years. So, but I'm saying if I was still putting like Paulina on my wall at like twenty as opposed to twelve, I'd really be a weird guy. But still, uh, yeah, I don't know. But still, are anyone putting? And I am not making fun of plus size models, so don't come after me. I they're beautiful. That's great. That's not what I want to see in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. I want to see the best athletic, physically fit people in the world. That's what I want to see. The same thing I want to see on a court. The same reason I'm not gonna. I'm I'm only maybe gonna be an owner of a small piece of a pickleball team and not actually on the team. And I am pretty fucking good, by the way. But you, you, I, I've not heard, next I've to heard these you. People I've heard anymore. you are. I'm heard not, you are it's yeah. it's so changed now. So for everyone else, well, because everybody that's playing who came to the game with way more g- g- talent and grit than you had. <laughs> well, I don't know about grit. Now, now, well, they've been working on their tennis game for 20 years. But also years what really like happened, because I played with like the guys who are now the best in the country for years, and whoever started it, you know, it's somebody, like somebody came up with a slam dunk. Maybe nobody thought of it before, even though they could have done it. But somebody decided that this game could be faster, stronger, and and now all of these guys that were capable of that, they just weren't playing like that. So it now is yeah. a much faster, uh, more powerful game. So, But um, I want to be an owner, though. Are we going to own this team, and am I going to get to be like Mark Cuban on the sidelines screaming at I've people? I've heard right now that there's like uh, a couple of dozen um, what I would call bid packages in, and there's only four teams granted. 
Um, so 24 teams. There's a couple dozen. I don't know if the number's 24. And but only four are going to get picked. So we may not, I, I may lose another team. I lost the Islanders, and now I yeah, may lose I them. mean, it might, might, that might go down that way. And is there a name on this team yet? I didn't even I don't look know. at I'd, the information I'd love, I'd love for it to be called the Ramblers for, yeah. uh, for our show, but, you know, who knows? That would be great. Now, I totally, because Ted has been so successful in business, I totally took his uh, – his, his lead on this, and I said, okay, if, just tell me what I'm in for. So I, I, I'm in. So hopefully that we, will We're in from us. anywhere between uh, $1,000 each to $20,000 each. I just it's want just hard to, hard to, to tell it. I just want to tell people I own a professional sports team. For I sure. Don't, I don't care if I own like one thousandth of a percentile of it. So No, I mean, it, it would just be fun. And, and the group, uh, you know, all the people now who are hitting the pickleball scene there's a lot of people with real money. I mean, there's like, you know, Tom Ricketts is is the owner of the Cubs. Like, we're talking know. about billionaires. LeBron's getting involved. Like, this Tom Dundon who owns the yeah. We're the, talking uh, about pay, uh, Top Golf and Nashville Predators. Is that him? Top Golf. Top Golf. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and and again, Mike Meldman is the, the. I really give him credit. The guy who started Casamigos and the guy who owns Discovery Land, some of the most beautiful properties. That's where I first played. First time I ever walked yeah. on a court about seven years ago. It sounds like ancient history now, maybe even eight. But um, so anyway, who pick, you didn't you play with somebody famous in that first go? I played with Phil Mickelson and that Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson, uh, ten thousand a game. You know, I never, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't finance my side. My friend did, but uh, did we you win. Went, we, we we destroyed him, and and he was going crazy. And then he actually, well, he's got bad arthritis, right? He's he's always on those Enbro commercials. Yeah, I don't think arthritis was the problem. No. I think um, just but sucking at pickleball was the problem. He, he didn't. It was the first time I was ever on a court. I didn't know how to play. Um, played with my my buddy Andrew left. We walked onto the court yeah, and yeah. Uh, Phil said you want to play and then he said 10,000 a game and I was like huh. first of all he's a professional well, athlete. He's a total professional degenerate. Second of all, he's supposedly a great ping pong player, so I assumed he, oh. he was going to be great. But anyway, we played and we were be I think we were up 5 games to 0, 50,000 bucks and he was yelling at his partner a lot. Yeah. And then he made us switch partners and and uh, he took me. So I feel good. I got drafted. I'm sorry wow. Andrew if you're still listening to the podcast. Maybe you have a chance for live golf. Yeah. He could bring you <laughs> in. Pickleball. Maybe could he bring you in as a caddy or, uh, you know, that would be wouldn't that be amazing? I don't want to be his caddy. I want to be, be involved. I want to be live pickleball. I want to get like a hundred million dollar deal to go to Saudi Arabia. And, you know, and would you do it? Would you be okay partnering up with those? A uh, hundred million percent. Really? I mean, you don't it's care? Not, <laughs> first of all, you, you've changed the narrative of what it is. And again, somehow the ramble on is becoming political right now. But the NBA is makes billions of dollars off China that is is bad or worse than Saudi Arabia. And PGA Tour, I saw a whole thing on. They have many sponsors that are financed by Saudi Arabia. So it's all it's all bullshit. I mean, you you know, of course, I would like to partner with no bad people ever, but they just there's no way to do it. There's bad people who own NFL teams. There's bad people who play in the NFL. You know, and yeah, um, you know. But I would if someone offered me money, a, it, it, like not to compare it, but it's the wrong. Sometimes it's the wrong side of history to be involved. Like if if. If the Nazis started a pickleball league, it would probably be wrong to be like, ah, I, that's the one I played in. I, I understand, but China is as big in the NBA as anywhere on the planet Earth. I mean, so yeah. you know, um, well, I'm I'm not I'm not playing in the NBA, so it's kind of 
all right for me to just watch it. I would watch Live no, Golf. No, look, I'd, you just asked me a question. Would I move to Saudi Arabia for a $100 million pickleball deal? Yes, I would. Okay. <laughs> now, would. Okay. unfortunately, Sarah would not be able to drive, but, nope. you know, uh, <laughs> or we she'd, have to to wear, she'd, yeah, she'd have to wear a full blanket, but... <laughs> But I would, I would, I would, I would play pickleball wherever. It's a, it's a burger. Sorry, I, yeah. I know what it's called. So anyway, um, all right. So we got, uh, I got some weird people out there, um, who are just writing weird reviews about me, and um, you know. So here, here's really? this guy. I, I know you're listening, Zach Dell, and I need to reemphasize that any human being, and I understand this will add a couple more of these these fucking losers who are gonna write. Nasty reviews, which we want positive reviews. It's not going to change my life either way. You can say whatever you want about me. It's irrelevant. But this guy writes, Doug's hands are soft, yet so powerful. I love it when he massages me from behind. Now, (laughs) I'm just trying to think about what type of person... What's going? But what's happening in their day? (laughs) Why why, why is that? I mean, that's funny. That they're so bored with life that they decide to go on this site and do that. But I will say, Zach... You gave us five stars. Hopefully, that was on purpose. Was it? Wait, not, was that on a podcast review? I it's mean, a podcast review. Oh, he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't even mention your hands. <laughs> Doug's um, hands yeah. are so often powerful. Yeah, I mean, so um, uh, listen. That's a person who just has a couple minutes. Maybe he's in the dentist's office waiting to be, you know, called in for his appointment. He's looking at his pr- review page for his favorite podcast, and he decides to write something funny. I, I love that, Zach. Keep keep so him coming. So you think Zach likes us? I think I Zach likes my, us, my, and I think what? it's funny. I guess my initial reaction is... <laughs> By the way, if he doesn't like it, it's me. even more hilarious. I don't know. So it's, it's hard to know. But also, uh, I just got to give a shout-out. AJ Pan bought the first entertainer piece of merchandise. They sold a sweatshirt. So uh, Hey, everybody. Congratulations. They have a bell. And they <laughs> Ding. So, yeah, so AJ, thank you for that. And uh, All right, I wanted to uh, get into some, some... By the way, is AJ a male or a female? I don't know. Ooh. I don't know. Right. Actually, I do know because I've seen him post uh, Ramble on merchandise. He's a, he's a male. Oh, Although right. I don't even know if I can say that anymore. He may be. He appears. He might be transitioning. He appears to me to be what I would have thought was a male at certain points in my life. <laughs> but right now. You're just not sure. But by the way, and, and just to be clear, like Seinfeld, when they used to say he's gay, not that there's anything wrong with it. I truly don't care. Yeah, of but course. But I also don't want to step into some bullshit where I say the wrong thing and I get in trouble, which. Uh, you know, is interesting about the boys because they say whatever the hell they want on that show. I mean, it's. And uh, I got to go back and watch it. I've been catching up on the other shows you've asked me to watch. Yeah. So, did you watch uh, House of Dragon? I did. I caught both episodes. And, I watched and them back to back last night. Thoughts. Listen, I wonder if our audience likes Game of Thrones and House of Dragon. So, just so you can be clear about me, I'm not a Dungeons and Dragons guy, I'm not really a fantasy guy. I believe Game of Thrones 1 through 7 is top three dramas in the history of television. Agreed. Uh, my feelings on this new show, I will let Ted uh, speak first without any spoilers. So so to talk about that, you know, it's interesting. I didn't watch the first, I think, three seasons of Game of Thrones. And it's because I saw the trailers and there's dragons. And I was like, yeah. oh, I'm like, what am I, seven? And so I just, I just avoided it. And then somebody came to me. The right person came to me and said, you've got to watch it. It really is amazing. Don't think of it in that light. It's really a drama. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. And, of course, I loved it. So uh, it's... It's interesting how much I missed being in that world. So it's fun to see this sort of this this setting again. Um, there's something that actually bothers me about the show, but I'd, I'd rather talk about the positives. It's um, it's really good. You can see it setting up for lots of conflict, uh, f- 
familial, you know, issues. I, I, I loved, I loved the first two episodes, and I'm hoping that it turns into, you know, another yeah. six or seven year run of a great, of a great. So show. the first episode, uh, my personal opinion was it was good. It was a little average. The second one to me was a whole other level. It, it, it you liked it? Better. Oh yeah, it yeah, really I took agree. off. I mean, I thought the first one, I was just. I just wasn't sure if it was going to catch me and if they had the characters that could really uh, get me in. But that being said, I watched it the second it came on Sunday night. I thought episode two was like, okay, now no, I'm man. pissed that it's not. I can't watch episode three right now. I know, um, and I think it's going to be really great. So yeah, I think I think so too. So that's good. Good for them. I liked it. Good yeah, because they're not fucking dick for my life. But By the great. way, that guy, what's his name? Martin George Martin. So uh, yeah, yeah. Guy who created. I mean, I don't even know if he's other than just he was the creator of the original book and and helped them with the the first series. Like, I don't even know if he's involved. He just gets no, to, no. He's involved. Is he heavily involved? Yeah, and he actually, I believe, is he, write, is he writing and doing stuff on the show? Uh, he's heavily involved. I don't know exactly how he uh, operates, but um, and as far as I know, is he likes this series better than Game of Thrones? Really? Yeah, I think I read that. Yeah. Huh. So he feels like it's more true to the thing. Again, if it. If it gets to Game of Thrones level, but it's clearly that second episode was clearly the best hour of drama that I've seen on TV in a while. So yeah, it's um, good. So I'm excited. I'm um, excited too. It's a very but good as show. I said, that does nothing for us. So no, so what what's what's the plan? I'm going to try to write eight episodes as quickly as I can. That's that's my plan. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. You're going to sit down and write episodes? Right I'm now? sitting down. I already sat down. I've already started writing episode uh, two. Oh, is there anything to talk about? I mean, like we don't what? have to do it on the show. Want spoilers? But no, no. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> so it's I didn't even know you were sitting down yeah. to do this. Charlie kills Connolly in episode two. Well, show's over. Enjoy it. By the way, we should talk about because why? What got me so motivated is we this behind the scenes the show. Which when we present the show, the show is about second acts, redemption. We've talked sideways, and and it is a startup show. It's Kevin Connolly starting up a business, but doing it at forty plus with a child on the way, and Charlie Sheen restarting his life, and Kevin Dillon restarting their life. So that that that's what it's about: comedy, drama, etc. Um, but last week. I was lucky enough to be invited to sit down to uh, Ewan Connolly's big Shark Tank business meeting where he presented you a pitch to... I, ins uh, I insisted you were there. ...invest in the, sh in, in the company. So how did that... How do you... I was awkward being there. You were? Yeah. Well, I, why? Because I... Um, why? I have things that I think, and I also don't want to get involved because they don't do anything for my life. So it's not going to help me to give my opinion. So I know when my opinions have value, except for on the podcast. I have no idea if they have any value. Here. <laughs> but I, in, in life, I know when I can get somebody to think the way I want them to think and, and when I can't. So I kind of check out when I can't. But how did you feel the meeting went? Uh, it was a good, you know, it was an interesting start. Um, you know, I, I don't know exact. I don't know a lot of details at the moment. I know that I know that Connolly is very uh, he's very what do they call bullish on the podcast market and, 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 uh, and the studio's role in it. Um, I won't give away any spoilers about who he thinks is on the horizon and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, he was, he was trying to hype up, you know, where, where he thinks is it's coming next and what, what the new things are. Uh, for me at the moment, there, it's not for me to say anything cause I, I haven't done any, you didn't write a check though. No, no. Uh, we, you might. it was very, it was very, it was a very preliminary meeting. Um, you know, I will tell you this, like it is, it's an interesting dynamic 
when you're involved, um, I kind of almost look at it like family. So we're involved in this TV show, and I've put in a lot of money to make this the best thing it can be. And and a lot of people, uh, besides you and and myself, stand to benefit from that going well, right? It's it's going to be something I think positive for this business and this studio if it goes well. And and it's also great, you know, if Charlie makes his comeback to television, Connolly and Dylan come right, like that. Everybody has lots of good upside, and I want to try and stay focused on that. Um, but you know, when I look at people who are running businesses or things that I might consider investing in, you know, typically it's a third party. I don't know them. So I don't have any trouble being honest and upfront and vocal about, you know, my feedback. Um, it's not to tear anybody down, but it is to give people a realistic, you know, perspective from my view, as opposed to what their own view is. Cause yeah. I've been there too, right? Like as an entrepreneur, you start new things. And, you know, you're, you're in your shower, right? Like you're, you're thinking and everything is the greatest and it's going to be awesome. You got to get out of that, your own echo chamber and hear what other people's perspectives are. Um, I, I, I don't feel comfortable doing that in this setting because it's like family. Like we, we are doing things together on other, on other places that um, I think have huge potential to be very successful. And on the studio – it's not because I don't think so. I just don't, I just don't know right now. And I haven't been, I haven't been considering it. So when I evaluate it, I can't, I can't be as objective as I would normally be. So that's one of the things I'm a little concerned with because it's important to be objective in a, in a business setting. It's important yeah. to not let your feelings get in the way. It's, it's important to not let your, your hopes for the business as opposed to what the reality is. Um, and, and I don't know what that is yet. And I'm having trouble seeing it. Part of the reason why I wanted you to be there was, I want that perspective. You're, you're a very realistic person, and um, as am I. But I, I also, you know, I don't have 20 years of friendship with Connolly, where you, you know his. And I made reference to it last week, shorthand. But um, <laughs> Connolly does short, not like shorthands. Yeah. Um, but uh, so the reason why I wanted you to do there was for that. And and the other piece is so much of our show is established from real experiences. So when we're doing these things behind the scenes, I only look at that as at worst case scenario as potential content. Yeah. Um, so that's, you everything know, everything is content. You know, I everything. talked about, I talked about that. I'm, I'm moving to the desert. Yeah. You know, moving to the, the desert. I thought I talked about it on this podcast, but I you guess did. I, I did, but I you guess did. someone in the press saw it, uh, heard it on the victory, the podcast I think and, so. they, and they put it in, but they, the headline, it's just funny when they write the headlines, it's Doug Allen flees LA to yeah. avoid crime. I haven't fled anything. I'm I'm here in the par- in the studio where we had an armed robbery in the parking lot two months ago, where our two cars have been broken into in the last two months. But I'm, I'm here. I haven't fled anything, and I'm not a fleer. But um, <laughs> we have. I'm a fleer. But it's funny because I like I'm closing on this house in like um, next ten days, and there's a heat wave coming to LA. I don't yeah. know if you saw this. I mean, this week. I think it's this gonna weekend. be it's over to be 100. 100. So I'm like, Sarah, we'll just we'll <laughs> we got let's just go out to the desert. Yeah, like the desert's the cure for a heat. <laughs> Do you wave. know what the temperature is going to be in the desert this week? One seventeen. One seventeen. There you go. I mean, and it's funny because I'm talking to my friend. He's like, Yeah, but it's it's, it's a dry not, heat. It's dry heat. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> Of all weather, one seventeen, <laughs> which I think they play in, and you know Sam Query, who's uh, a friend of mine, playing in his eighteenth U.S. Open right now, and uh, oh wow, I believe he's how, going, how old is Sam? 
He's young still, which is crazy because he's he How's didn't he go to college. He's playing in eighteen. I think he played like his first one at seventeen or something. So you're kidding. So I guess he's like 34, 35, whatever. Wow. Um, I hope he wins. He's actually playing right now. I have no idea what the what the score is, but he is going to. Um, and he's funny. He's a funny guy. He's a good guy. He wants to come on the podcast. He really wants to come on Victory. I got to see if I can make uh, any traction with Connolly. But well, none of them are tennis players. I mean, we're 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 big racket sports. Yeah. This, so, but he's going to focus on pickleball. Like, and this is what's happening to a lot of pro tennis players. They're going, okay, this thing actually you can you can actually make money, and we don't know where this is going. Well, and you can play, I think, a lot competitively a lot longer than you could tennis for sure and they should have a huge advantage on the scrubs you know yeah who, who like weren't real tennis players that think they're great at pickleball but we'll find out i think it's gonna be really interesting over the next couple of years but anyway i'm gonna try to get sam on this podcast we can get rob weiss coming up maybe on we can draft him for our new team uh, yeah i i don't are we gonna be involved in the draft like i don't know i mean i want to be I GM. like do i have enough star power for oh, GM? gm i would like to be treasurer <laughs> yeah um I don't know if you have enough star power. I hope so. And mm. like, but but if we can bring in real qualified, especially professional tennis players to bring, you know, some. I play some with a lot life. of professional tennis players. I, I, think, I believe I, think I could we bring. I think we bring a lot to the table. I believe I could get all of them except Marty Fish to come on our team. I believe I do. He's, you know, he's, he's mad at you. He just doesn't like me, I guess, which is fine. I, and I don't. I, even, by the way, I don't, I don't think you're. I don't like think him. you're alone in that. Uh, him is alone in that, or you know, like in the in the in the jelly bean jar of life. I think there's lots of jelly beans in the. He doesn't like you. That you doesn't know, like pile. me. You mean no? Everybody. I think there's a lot of people uh, in in his in his jar. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know, and and you know, it, it it brings me something because Untold is this Netflix uh, sports uh, documentary. It's kind of like a thirty for thirty. Or, remember, remember the guy that we ran into the other night at the Connolly yeah. Shark Tank. Yeah, pitch? I was going to say Ben he, Silverman's partner. Yeah. yeah, my my buddy Drew Buckley. He um so, he's Ben Silverman's partner. So and they Ben, do they, they produced that show, but there's a great documentary on Marty Fish, which yeah. uh, he was uh, a fantastic tennis player, and um, it deals with anxiety, but. The reason I was uh, thought about bringing Rob Weiss on, Rob Weiss, who's one of the my funnier friends, who was uh, EP he was a, of he, yeah, he was involved with Entourage, right? He was uh, EP of Entourage, yeah. He okay. was uh, like our our fourth fourth on board. Um, Did and, he put up money to write episodes? To episodes? No. <laughs> no, no, he didn't put up money. But Rob got catfished, okay, and it was uh, it was pretty awesome because Rob's like he's a handsome guy. He's not. Um, necessarily someone that gets too emotionally attached to anyone that quickly. And he got emotionally attached in a catfish situation. So the reason I brought it up and I want Rob to tell his story on here is I watched the man Titeo as did you documentary yeah. for anyone who doesn't know that he was a, a Heisman top. trophy candidate yeah, for top. Notre Dame 10 years ago, easily and, top 10 draft pick. And he had um, this girlfriend that supposedly died of uh, cancer or something like that, whatever it was. Yeah. And it turns out, she was not a real person, and he was on the phone with uh, with a guy um, for months, years. I don't even know how long it went on. Um, years. What, it yeah. was. It, it started, I think, before he was a freshman at Notre Dame, and it yeah. and it basically culminated when he was a senior. I mean, <laughs> I'm just like I want to talk to Rob so badly right now, but do you think you could get catfished? I mean, I I just don't see this happening to me. I. Uh... I don't think I could because I'm naturally suspicious of every single thing I get involved in. So I'm always watching for things. So yeah. the, the smallest little things and when people, especially, you know, a relationship involves some form of contact. <laughs> no, it doesn't even necessarily have to involve sex. Just like we once had a meal together. Uh, we once FaceTimed. Like but you got to remember, this is 
FaceTime. It was, it was early. Not it really was, there it was yet. like 2012 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it is there, though, actually, because we FaceTimed on Entourage in 2003. So I, I don't, the whole thing is no, so weird. because the iPhone didn't come out until 07. No, really? Yeah. Wait, I, I don't believe no, no. it, really? First of all, we did we did FaceTimes on a computer, Ari and Kevin computer, Connolly, maybe. in 2004. That may have been I, Skype. I do, no, it was 100% FaceTime because we had Apple technicians help us with it. I remember it was in the house. What? Yeah, it was in the Entourage house on Franklin. And do you think that was a that was a feature on a computer before it was a feature on the phone? I think uh, now that you're saying it, I think there wasn't, was. there wasn't even a phone yet. But what oh. I can tell you is, as far as I know, we were the first FaceTime call. Now, maybe, is there a chance it wasn't yet called FaceTime? Maybe, but you can see the episode. It's, um, it's uh, I think it's uh, the episode called Date Night. I think, but um, and he's on that that moon shaped uh, Apple. That was one of the first computers I got. I became very obsessed with Apple, and I put yeah. it on. And I know it's oh, it's it's no, it's one day in the valley episode because he's calling about what? the numbers. Yeah, yeah. So it's season two. So this is two thousand four or five. You know, and uh, you can watch it. One of the early on Facetime calls. But I agree. It's like I need to see your face and and talk yeah, to me. Yeah, I don't really like. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know it. Kind of reminds me of those old, you know, nine seven six numbers when we were kids. Like, I guess you were having phone sex, like, <laughs> but you couldn't see somebody, so it it sparks something in your imagination. But now, like, the technology exists. Like, why am I talking to myself? Like, I'm not gonna hear a voice and be like, "Oh, I'm in love. I want to see you. I want to connect with you." But the two things were paired very effectively. He saw pictures. And then he spoke to what he thought was this person. Turns out it was a guy talking. It was a not guy. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Well, there's something wrong with it because <laughs> it was a guy who was pretending not to be a guy who was pretending to be a person who but, didn't even exist. But now the guy is transitioning now. So yeah. he always felt like he was a woman. So even then he felt like a woman. So is that okay then? No, it's not okay because okay. that's deception Check and it. fraud. I mean, that's, you know, for me, I don't really care if you go one way or the other. I don't care if you're binary, non-binary, but part are plant, we entering this but world But are we in a now? place where we're not, we're not honest? Like, I don't know. Aren't we entering a world now where people are just like, nah, I don't, I don't, if you weren't honest, it was probably because you were trying to be, or you really believed it or, you know, or let's find out what happened to you as a child. Alternative, you know? alternative facts. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's, it's that's a phrase that drives me inc- that drives me crazy. <laughs> I, 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 like people could have alternative perspectives, but alternative facts don't exist. And people who are deceiving somebody for their own gain, and I don't know what. In the end, you know, one of the things that you talked about in this, as we watched this uh, this documentary about Manti Teo, like I don't know ultimately what was motivating this guy to do what he was doing for how long he was doing it, um, but just like anything. When you get yourself involved in something that you didn't mean for it to go that far, he couldn't find a way out. I mean, he literally had to – it was like a soap opera. He literally had to kill off the character, and he almost did it, right? Like he had, he had, he had like a story about a car accident, and it was like so close, but then he, he, brought, he brought the character back. Like, they didn't really question him enough, though. As no, to, like, they didn't. Like what her, was motivating? Yeah, like did you have any guesses? I don't know. The whole story is – Well, what was the end game? Yeah. Uh, that to me it was very it was very strange and he really played on this guy and here's an interesting philosophical question about it this guy ultimately basically destroyed Manti Teo's sort of life and career I mean this really had a huge impact I mean this guy was was possibly going number one in the NFL draft that year and he ended up falling to to the second round third pick, pick 36 or something like that wasn't a third round no. I think he was pick 36 right. or, or something like that or 38 so you know 
it really it cost this guy a career, millions of dollars. You know, the difference between being a top 10 draft pick and number 36 are millions of dollars. Uh, it ruined his life. I mean, the guy was being hounded, and he's he's the subject of memes. And, and all he did was have a good heart, and he believed the best in somebody as opposed to expecting the worst from somebody. And it destroyed him. I do wonder, though, because he did publicly say things after she was gone. And and I, I, I just, you know, I know he was in a trap and he was kind of trying to get out of it. But at some point, you got to just go, whoa. I, it's hard, though. You know, like if you're a 21 or a 22-year-old yeah. kid, like you're being put in a position. You're being thrust onto the stage like he that, that scene where he's literally at the Heisman ceremony and like... This, you know, in front of millions of people, this is where I'm about to drop the truth bomb uh, that I just found out and I'm processing myself for the last 24 hours. Uh, that's a hard position to put, especially a kid in. I mean, me, I don't know about you. You put me in that position. I'm like, the craziest thing. I just heard from this whack <laughs> yeah, job last I just night. Got fucking, I just, listen, I'm one of the dumbest yeah, motherfuckers alive. I, like, okay? And it's hard, right? Like, uh, actually, you know, that, that brings up a point. One of the other... T- Play uh, team owners in uh, in this pickleball league is Brene Brown, and I don't know if you know Brene Brown, but Brene Brown is an award winning. I mean, she is a best selling author. She's probably Oprah's favorite person on the planet. Like, she basically does shame research. Um, shame, shame, because it basically talks of her. Her focus is how much power the feeling of shame has over people, mm-hmm. and you would you would you would get up and lie. To, a, to an audience of millions of people rather than admit to yourself and to others that you, you may have been stupid or been duped. Yeah. Um, and, um, see, I have no problem admitting that. I've been stupid and, see, and duped saying, all the time. But, but, but you know what? That probably comes at a later age. Like, you grow out of that where, where that, that, that doesn't have as much power. Yeah, maybe. Um, but uh, it was, it's pretty – like, if you haven't seen the, the show, you should watch the show. Yeah, it's good doc. The whole series is great. I mean, they do a great job. And also Mouse just to, the palace, to throw out for myself if you're, you know, interested. I've done a couple of docs. Oh, know, and, uh, let's talk about those for a second. I, I just do, if you haven't seen them, you know, When the Garden Was Eaten, which is yes. ESPN. Is, you won an Emmy for that? I, I did. Excuse e- me. ESPN 30 for 30. Em- Emmy winning. About the 69 to 72 Knicks. Doug Allen. Michael Rappaport directed it. It's fantastic. Um, Jim Lefkowitz produced it. And then. Um, Are you friends with Michael? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't you see were. him. I, well, are you not friends with someone if you don't hang out? I don't leave my house. So, But, I, yes, I consider myself friends with Michael. We made a pilot also together, which I also want to release on Which online. I've seen is, is yes. a great – that would have been a great show. <laughs> I mean, it's – I hope, I, hope I hope we can rejuvenate it with it's, Ramble On. It's still mind-boggling that it doesn't go – Charlie Charlie watched it also the other day. So, But that you can't see yet, although maybe we'll figure out a way we can show that. But uh, when the garden was eaten – and then I did another documentary that I'm really proud of called Charged, which is about my yes. friend – Eduardo Garcia, who is this amazing chef. And the story is is pretty incredible. You should check it out. I believe it's on Amazon, but it's called Charged. and uh, With a D on the end. Charged. Charged, uh, yeah. He was a um, very handsome guy that looks like Adrian Grenier. Yeah. And he was a chef on a, on a friend of mine's yacht. yacht. Excuse me, I'm not dropping names. I can't afford the boat or the chef. But I, <laughs> but I was on this boat, and I just, you know, the guy was just... Absolutely amazing. And then my friend you might Peter, call him electric. <laughs> this is not funny. Not funny. So my friend Peter um, said he made a sizzle reel. He was a very charismatic guy. Very charismatic guy. He made a sizzle reel because he wants to make a cooking show. Now, this is 15 years ago when there wasn't, you know, 5 million cooking shows. But anyway, he did this thing where he's, you know, he's diving, catching fish himself and cooking, whatever. It was beautifully done. Looked amazing. I sent it to Bobby Flay. I sent it to the William Morris Agency. Everybody flipped over this guy. 
So they're planning to have him come to L.A. the next day for meetings and stuff, and he is hiking in Montana, and he steps on a live wire. No, didn't he? It wasn't that he reached into a barrel. Well, he there was a bear, like a there, you'll see it in the movie. But there was a there was a dead bear, and he poked it with his knife. It was on a live wire, and however many volts went through him, literally yeah, like thirty thousand volts or something. I don't know what the number is. Literally blew a hole in his head and burnt him over a large portion. It was amazing of his body, that he survived, and he had a hike down the hill. And God Almighty, he's in the Entourage movie after that happened. I think less than a year after that incident happened, and it is such an amazing story about perseverance and about um, seeing the the positive side of life. But it's also got an interesting, real soapy element too. That was the one it, too the, with the, him and his girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah. 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 Anyway, it's Eduardo Garcia, and the documentary is called Chart. I believe it's on iTunes or Amazon. I, I know. I think it was on. I think I watched it on Amazon a few years ago. Yeah. It's it's really great. And again, when I you know when I'm praising this, it's not to praise myself because I did very little on this. I just helped him get some good people involved in his story, which he really you know lived and put together, and it's it's pretty yeah. fabulous. So. What else can we talk about? I don't know. It's uh, it's rambling time. So Labor Day is coming, though, Ted. It's it's now time to to make this thing happen, and it needs to go out there because the bottom line is, I promise you, everybody out there, you're gonna like this show. Yeah. Spread the word. Spread the word about this podcast. Our biggest numbers ever last week. So. Um, so do you remember? Oh, on the podcast. On the podcast. Yeah. Really. Yeah. How nice. Uh, what, what kind of you. what kind of improvement percentage wise are we talking about? Um, I mean, you know, I don't care about the numbers. We're doing like over 10,000 downloads an episode now, which is hey, very we're nice serious. For, a, for a podcast about a television show that does not exist. It's not bad. <laughs> Our you fictional know? life. Yeah, it's it's like, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, we haven't even <laughs> attempted to get guests, which uh, we could really make this podcast really great. Instead of you fucking getting Heidi Klum to do, um, you know, uh, pickleball. pickleball, maybe we can get her on the podcast and we can objectify her. Is that bad? I, but I'll be honest with you. I think she would love to be objectified. I don't think she. I don't think she falls into that category. I wish someone would objectify me at this point. You know. You know, uh, if somebody gets paid millions of dollars to be objectified, I don't really know how much objectification is going on. I mean, in the I end, you're you're, I, I, you're look, talking about be nice to everybody. People are people are being valued for what they bring to the table. If somebody if somebody creates. The cure for cancer. Am I objectifying their brain and their intellect because all I did was use them so they could do that? Like, who gives a shit it's about any of us? We take such, ourselves way too seriously. But it's such as a stupid beings. world because, like, you know, again, LeBron James is amazing, but he was born with gifts that 90, doesn't mean he didn't have to work. Heidi Klum was born with gifts as well. Yeah. Taylor Swift was born with gifts. It right. doesn't mean you don't use it, but it's just like, yes, I appreciate their beauty. I appreciate their talent. Yeah, you're exploiting I, your gifts. What are you supposed to do with your life? Like, I'm trying to exploit them. I can't even find if I have any gifts. Anymore, I feel so. exploited. Yeah, I would love to be exploited. So anyone, if you're out there and want to exploit Call, me, give us, us a, send us some DMs. Yeah, send, send Ted Foxman DMs <laughs> and the, the angry lunch, very, very disactivated account that's kind of just sitting there. Um, wow. All right, I guess that's it. But um, Labor Day is coming, like winter is coming, yep. and we are oh, going like to Winterfell. We are going to have to get something rolling here. Um, I don't know what else to say. It's time to roll. Ramble on. Ramble on.